0: Texans, both on and off the field. He is Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Utopia.
1: Bobby Slowick, the Texans' offensive coordinator, um, has already gotten two requests for interviews, and there may be more coming, who knows. But Carolina and Washington both putting in requests to interview Bobby Slowick. John, I tweeted this yesterday. D'Amico Ryan's in one year. Has officially had more of his offensive assistance requested for head coaching interviews than Bill O'Brien had his offensive assistance requested through six years as the head coach here.
2: No request last year for Pep Hamilton, huh?
1: No, not that I, yeah, they, no, no Pep Hamilton. Yep, no. yep. He's already exceeded Lovey Smith and David Culley as well, yes. And
2: slow, slow began his career in quality control with Washington under Mike Shanahan. That's how he met Kyle. There's no way they're going to hire Bobby Slowick. They want somebody to hit a home run, a name, you know, whether it was Bill Belichick or or Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel. They're trying to get a stadium built, and Bobby's not stupid. He's not going to go work for David Tepper. I believe Bobby Slowick, like D'Amico Ryans, like Kevin O'Connell of Minnesota, will do, and like last year, Ben Johnson the Lions, will do an interview or two and then decide, I need another year as a play caller. And I think he'll be back next season. I've been saying that all along. I think then after next season, because we got to think they're probably going to still be good and better, maybe even better. He might have better offers, more offers. And then I think he'll be gone. And Dry Johnson will be elevated to offensive coordinator. I see a lot of lame brains out there saying you got to have an offensive head coach. And I'm thinking, okay, they think because if your offense plays well, your is going to get a coaching job. Well, that means he's left you in really good shape. And there are some defensive coordinators around the league, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, Mike Vrabel, now D'Amico, that are doing quite well. Matt Eberflus finished well. The key is just to have a good offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, whether you were an offensive head coach or not. And uh, so uh, I think Bobby will be head coach next year probably be more than just Bobby off this staff, eventually be head coaches.
1: Yeah, I I would encourage him to take every interview he gets asked to go on, you know, just to get the experience of interviewing um, and and what it's like to sit across from an owner. And that way, when you really do want the job or when, um, you know, when you feel you are ready, then the interviewing part will be, you know, that that'll be that'll feel second nature to you. You know, that's that that is, you know, that is a, a can be a can be a strange environment if you haven't been in it before um so I, yeah i would encourage him to take the interviews i think too john i, I love bobby Slowik. i think he's done an awesome job this year i don't know that we're going to wind up with as many openings as people thought there were only five last year so everybody thought oh, it was only five last year that means this year there's going to be nine or ten or whatever we're at six now new england is this weird sort of thing over in the corner. If it's a job market that has Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and Mike Vrabel, all three out there, I feel like that's three jobs already taken. So now I feel like Ben Johnson's going to get one too. That he feels like he's the best coordinator name out there, the guy that can take his pick of a job, which leaves three jobs. You know, I I just – I don't know. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not sure if the musical chairs are going to be – do Bobby Slug any favors if he were to want the job. And I'm with you. I think your overall take is a good one, which is ultimately – he probably comes back, A, for a little more seasoning, and, B, the Texans have a chance to do some really special things next year, too. Um, you know, and we He off-season. knows
2: he needs more play calling than one season. I think when they see Bobby, he's 36 going on 16.
0: Yeah,
2: David Tepper probably think, well, I can bounce him on my knee and pull the strings, and he'll do everything I tell him. And that's the job I'm most intrigued to see what happens. Not yeah. New England, not the Raiders, not the Chargers. I can't wait to see which coach is dumb enough to go to work for David Tipper, which coach is, is going to be the next interim coach, one of his coordinators, because that man, unless he has a total lobotomy and all of a sudden decides to operate like the McNair, stay out of it, give them the money you want, they need, and then stay out. He fired his GM, Scott Federer, as well. And I know there's only 32 of those jobs, but I would be shocked if Bobby Slowick were to go to the Carolina Panthers.
1: Someone's gonna take it. I mean, someone's gonna want a payday. You know, it is. It's a big, 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 big payday. So if someone, someone's gonna. Frank Rich. Frank
2: Rich is available.
1: Frank Rich. <laughs> Listen, Rich. What do you he call yeah, it? Rich. I don't know, but it was disrespectful. It wasn't right, it, That's for sure. Whatever it was. And that's it wasn't what they're the right
2: gonna point. have to get. A yeah. coach has been another head coach fired somewhere is desperate. Retread. To come back. A retread. Exactly. Yep, retread. That's not gonna get anybody fired up. And one of the things coming out of Carolina from The knowledgeable media people, and this I could see this from the get go. They had too many people talking to Bryce Young Frank Reich, and they had Jim Caldwell, and then they had uh, uh,
1: Josh McCown,
2: Josh McCown, and then whoever was the offensive coordinator Thomas was, Brown, uh, yeah, first time coordinator. It was just too many cooks in that kitchen.
1: Well, hopefully, for Bryce's sake, that changes, but what a mess that is. In Carolina. So now you're talking, John, two of the t- four top-drafted quarterbacks in this past draft, uh, two of them are going to be going on their second coach and offensive Ooh. coordinator in two years. In Bryce Young's case, it'll be like three because he, he had an interim for a little while as well. But Bryce Young, the first pick, Will Levis, the 33rd pick, both going to be going on second coaches in their second year. Um, and CJ, what boy, what a perfect marriage for CJ's sake and the Texans' sake. Just incredible.
2: And if you think about it, Bryce Young ran a pro offense under Bill O'Brien with Alabama, so that'd be a fourth fourth terminology, fourth system already. And yeah. that's a recipe for disaster for quarterbacks who are young. The worst thing you can do is keep changing coaches and systems and terminology. It's hard enough to play anyway, but that's what happens when you have owners who are quick on the trigger, listen to the wrong people, or just don't know what they're doing.
1: Yep. Yep. All right, John, um, we're going to get to general news and notes in a second. We're going to get to the mailbag as well. If you want to email the mailbag for next time, mailbag at gmail.com. John, Nick Casario was on with me and Seth this morning, and we asked him about the rumors that had popped up last week that he would be open to going back to New England, a Jason Lockham article. It's probably all that needs to be said, but a Jason Lockham article where he quoted a, an opposing GM that said, oh, yeah, he would go back there. Trust me which, and we all had the same reaction you did, John, but we asked Nick about that this morning. He had to address stuff like this last year, too, at about this time. He he went in. I mean, he was, I don't know if you saw or heard the cut, but he was angry. He was, I mean, I've got some of the the, the words he used in the 90 seconds that he went off on this. Jackass statement uh, is what he said that that general manager, he said someone making a jackass statement that it's silly season. Um, offhanded statement uh out of left field zero validity ridiculous zero basis those were all things that he said within 90 seconds that was as heated as i've ever seen or heard nick casario who never gets heated about anything he was none too happy with the rumors and he made it very very clear he is very excited understandably so about the opportunity that he is currently working with right now
2: well she was that good when he talks to us Cause He's never to ever talk like that. I this bring goes, out the
1: best. I br- we, we bring out the best in him, John.
2: <laughs> this goes back to before the draft when uh, I had two prominent national people call me and tell me they heard Casario's going back to New England after the draft. And I said, well, there's a couple of problems with that. Number one, Bill Belichick has total control. and He couldn't wait to get out of there. And he tried to come here three times. And it was third time was a charm because the rule changed. So he's not going back there with Belichick, but people up there think that everybody wants to work there because they won all those Super Bowls with Brady. Nobody in their right mind is going to want to replace Bill Belichick. You just don't. And uh, maybe Mike Vrabel will go back. He'd be the per- perfect one because he is beloved up there, and he won rings, and he's in their Hall of Fame. And uh, he would be the ideal replacement, especially since he could get a quarterback he wants in the draft. But the Casario thing just won't die, and it's all because of people in the East. And And maybe that GM did, did tell Nolak and of that, that he thinks that's true, because he's heard that. People don't just make up stories. They get them from somewhere. Usually it's agents. But I'm so glad Nick shot it down with you and Seth, because maybe people now will drop it because he's got a great situation. He's got oh. the coach he likes, the quarterback he likes. He's got cap money. He's uh, he's just finished his third year of a six-year contract. He's got a $5 million bonus if they win the Super Bowl. He's got to feel a whole lot better about that now <laughs> than he has any other time since he got to
1: Houston. Hold up. Back up. I-, I had not heard that. He's got a $5 million bonus if they win the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, five years, 30 million with an extra five Super Bowl bonus. I think that's what it was.
1: Okay. Well that's uh that, that that is a pretty tasty It may, reason it to may be- have
2: to do with winning each each tier. Sure. To win the Super Bowl. I'm okay. not sure, but he's got a humongous bonus if they win the Super
1: Bowl. That's outstanding. And
2: yeah, that I, looked I, pretty I, safe when he got here because they knew they're gonna have to turn the tear the whole thing down and start over. But right now, um yes and he's feeling pretty good about it.
1: John, to leave here to go anywhere, honestly, like I, I think, you know, after the season's over, they're going to, you know, they're going to be those articles that come out where <clears throat> they take, you know, a guy like Bill Barnwell will do an article where they start to look at the teams, not just how they're looking going into 2024, but what the next three or four years look like for them. You know what I mean? Like this, these are the foundational pieces they have. This is the draft capital. This is the cap space. Here's what the division looks like. ba 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 If you were to do say just call it a three-year outlook because three years is forever in the NFL. To wit, the Texans are in the playoffs this year. Um, If you did a three-year outlook for the Texans, I I think you'd have a hard time finding like five teams that have a better outlook than the Texans over the next five years. Considering CJ Stroud on a rookie contract, hottest head coach, you know, you know, the the hottest head coach under forty. Let's call it like young, rising head coach. Owners that just want to pour money into it and just stay the hell away. Draft capital galore, cap space galore. Um, I, I don't like it, it's completely irrational for anybody to think that any GM, barring personal reasons, would want to leave here to go almost anywhere else, given their choice.
2: When I was watching the snow on Belichick on the sideline Sunday, I'm thinking, sure, and you can't wait to get back up there while it's 65 <laughs> bright sunshine here. The Texans' arrow is definitely pointing up. And yeah. I thought when you said that maybe about the Lions, uh, because the Lions t- started their turnaround midway through the 2022 season and now they won their division. But they could lose both their coaches. And then you got to make sure you have good ones. Philadelphia lost both its coaches, and that hadn't worked out so well for the Eagles. But uh, I think that this is the first t- time that, that Hannah, Janice, and Cal McNair can go, whew. Yeah, and relax and yep. just enjoy the fruits of their labor, and hiring Casario, and then signing off when he
1: recommended
2: Domico, yep. and drafting Stroud and the trade for Will Anderson
1: Jr. They, they, they have trust from Nick Casario on down that they can just let the football operation go do its thing. Just go do, just go, go be the best version of you, and that might be good enough to win a Super Bowl. I have a column
2: um, on dot 610com talking about a great example of them, their management style is in the game Saturday while Miko and the players and the coaches were jumping around like crazy. Casario was nowhere to be seen, and you had to look real hard in the back of the room to find Cal McNair and Hannah McNair, where a lot of owners be in there jumping around with them. Uh, I think that's perfect kind of management style they have, which is stay in the background.
1: Oh. Urse would have been in there with his hands doing, Dixie's swarm. D'Amico would be giving his speech there like, hey, man, this is what it's all about. We punched our ticket. And Urse would be like, let me jump in there, D'Amico. You're right. It's all about punching a ticket. Like if the, the time boys- I punched a ticket to the Copa, we were in the back doing lines, man. It was crazy.
2: Cowboys, if they get into the Super Bowl, you'd think Jerry Jones not going to be in the know, middle of that locker room celebrating.
1: Jerry's going to give the game ball to himself. That's what's going to
0: happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're all happy. Nick Casario <laughs> kicking around as the DM uh, of the Houston Texans. Good stuff. You can find the podcast of the full Casario interview. We did about 40 minutes with him, commercial-free today. Uh, You can find it on the podcast on the very Odyssey app. You might be listening to this on wherever you get your podcast. It's on the Pain and Pendergast podcast.